Hello photography lovers, you probably already know that this is the Fashion Photography Podcast and I'm your host Virginia Yancheva. Today we'll continue with part 2 of our podcast with Farid Haddad. He's the founder of the London model agency called Wild. The topics today are super serious and I love that because... Like Farid said, not many people are brave enough to talk about the downsides of the industry. So today we'll be talking about money and we're actually mentioning real numbers. We talk about the struggles in the industry and some of the self-doubts and personal struggles that we have and how we can overcome this. This conversation is super interesting and super serious and I truly love it. I hope you're gonna love it too. Before the start of the interview, I would just like to tell you that from now on, you are able to see our Friday episodes. The first episode is already published on my YouTube channel. You can check it out in the show notes and subscribe to it. Because I promise that apart from the Friday podcast, I'll make sure to upload all kinds of useful videos for you there. And I think that now it's the perfect moment to start this gorgeous interview. Many people are accepting the fact that they'll be paid in three months. Yes, it's because it's fierce and because the clients have become so used to... Setting the rules. Yeah, we'll get it. But if, if Virginia, you're not going to shoot, I've got Joe Bloggs that's going to shoot for this, for this rate and he'll do it and I'll pay him 90 days. And then you never know if it's true or not. And you being a freelancer, you need the work because you need to pay your bills, you need to pay your rent. You need to pay for your equipment, your lighting, everything you've invested in. So it's constant cheekiness. You know, I'm not pointing fingers at everyone. There are obviously some of amazing course. clients who work with amazing people out there, people that we work with. And I'm so thankful for, for them, you know, coming to us and, and being good payers, etc. But there is a very large proportion that has no consideration. I have court cases going back to February for people that haven't paid. This is last February. We're nearly 12 months later. The girls haven't been paid. They've flown in. We've paid for tickets. We've paid for apartments. We've given them pocket money. The girls are out of pocket. We're out of pocket. I'm talking thousands and thousands of pounds from Fashion Week. I'm still chasing September invoices for silly amounts, you know, for, for 500 pounds. And you get every excuse under the sun. Oh, I'm sick. Oh, I'm not around. I've been traveling. Da, da, da. Mm -hmm. It's really sad. If it was somebody's daughter or son or your brother or your sister, think of it that way. It's not an item. It's not a perishable. It's not a commodity. We're talking about human beings here. We work in a business where we're talking about other human beings. So be considerate if it was your sister or your, or your brother or your mother or, or, or anybody. Sure. Would you want them to be paid in 90 days? Would you want them not to get paid? So I just find that some clarity from, from all of us, we all have to be firmer. We all have to explain it. Hopefully people listen in and it resonates with them, but we all have to push. People say to me sometimes, oh, I, we're only going to pay that because we're getting some money. So by all means, get, get it somewhere. If I lose a couple of thousand or a couple of hundred or whatever it is, I'm sticking to my principles and my morals and I'll continue to do that. Oh God, I wish there were more people like you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there are out there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, I'm also sure. Very positive here. <laughs> We're talking about money, and uh, I believe, because I've been asked many times, many young models are actually asking themselves whether this is a real job and if they can get some money from it. What's your yeah. opinion? 
I think there is money to be made. I think you have to be very careful these days talking about mother agencies. At the end of the day, we're worried. It's, it's money. Everybody needs money. We we live in a system. We live in an, an economy where we need money to be able to spend, to be able to buy, to be able to food. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of abuse out there. I think the models are getting the wrong end of the stick. Commission rates in places like Italy are like 50% now, and the French are taxing 40%, and God knows the numbers. The amount of stories that I've heard of models going somewhere, earning a couple of thousand pounds after they've deducted, because obviously the agency pays for rent and pays for pocket money. If an agency like us is giving a model a hundred pounds a week, that's 400 pounds a month. Their rent is costing a thousand pounds a month. You you know what rents are like in Mm -hmm. places as efficient and economic as possible. But obviously I want my girls to be in a safe location and I want them to live a standard of life that I live or have had the pleasure of living. So I have them in nice areas, but it's still around £1,500 a month. So they have to pay that money back. And if they're there for three months, that's racked up to £4,500. If they don't make £4,500 in those three months, then they're a negative. Obviously, if they're a negative, that's on our head. But it's very difficult to make £4,500 for a model. You, you would think it, it's easy, but it's not. You know, a lot of competition out there, a lot of models out there, a lot of agencies. And going back to the rates going down and not going up is because rents are going up, right? Uh, food mm-hmm. is, is more expensive these days. The, not only the money that we're receiving for, for models these days going down, our expenses are also going up for the model. Most girls that come to us end up going home with money, but we do have a portion that come in and make a loss, but we, we take that loss. But I've heard of people going and earning a couple of thousand pounds, but the expenses are so high, they haven't received anything. But then their mother agency gets a commission. So if they've made £4,000 and the model has expenses in, uh, I don't know, 800 or 500 or even 4000 the mother agency still gets uh, their 10% commission of £400. Is that morally right? I don't know. I'm, I'm raising the question. I don't think models are earning enough. I think they have potentially a great life, but they also have a tough life. It's not easy to be sat at home waiting for your agency to call you or send you to a casting. The psychological effects is one big thing that, I don't know, maybe in 100 years, some research comes down and and looks at the psychological effect of models being rejected and the amount of rejection Mm -hmm. models go through. How many castings do they have to go through to get a job? I've just met with the girl here in, in Osaka. She's been here for two and a half months. She's had two jobs. She hasn't made any money. Her mother agency... Uh, sent her before that she was in I think uh, Beijing or somewhere and she'd made some money the mother agency didn't pay her any money it's not replying to her it's taken all the money the agency that she was with is not helping get that money and it's stories upon stories upon stories upon stories over and over again of the same thing not saying that it's all uh, dramatized and all negative but you know I'm highlighting points because it's important for me as well to highlight some important points that we don't yeah. we don't discuss we don't get to hear about a lot of the time you know we we talk about it in the office but does anyone go out there and, and how many podcasts are out there talking about these things so it's great that I have this opportunity to talk about some of the negative things but also a lot of positive things in, in the sector it is important to say those stuff i also believe that I have many conversations with new models because I totally love doing tests. (laughs) I know most of my colleagues at certain level, they stop doing it. But for me, it's just so amazing because these are usually young girls and young boys and they're so ready to learn, which is super important. And it's so nice when you see people like this in front of you because at certain age, we feel done. 
with learning. We're like, that's my job. That's my profession. I know how to deal with, but they are super ready to learn. And I love that. Yeah. You mentioned the rent and food, and that's yeah. absolutely true. But we have to say that as models, they have a little bit more. They have to take care of their bodies. They have to take care yeah. of their skin. And yeah. these are all additional costs. And obviously living off a hundred pounds a week, are you able to mm -hmm. eat properly? Yeah. Yes, properly. It's an expensive world. I mean, even here in Tokyo, I'm stunned at the cost. I bought an apple today for three pounds. How? I don't even know. Two bananas for a pound fifty. I'm not getting ripped off because the price is written on them. The world is an expensive place. Food is our biggest cost. Look at your monthly state. Where is our mm -hmm. money going? It's going on rent and it's going on food. Absolutely true. Yeah. So all these things have to be taken into consideration. And in this sector, are people surviving? And the amount of people that have come in and, and not made it and, and living in bare minimum conditions and living in apartments that are unacceptable. I don't know. Is 100 pounds enough? I always ask the girls, is it enough? They say 100 is enough. If they eat carefully, I think it's doable. But I, I tried to do it, uh, if I'm honest, and I couldn't do it. I could not live off a hundred pounds a week. But unfortunately, we're not able to pay any more than that. And I'm sure other agencies have the same problem. Take it upon yourself. Are you able mm -hmm. to live off a hundred pounds a week, eating healthily and getting everything you need for your hair, for your nails, all the nutrition, all the essential elements that you need? Yeah, that's a big question. We now know that Wild is in London, and you mentioned several times stuff yeah. about Osaka and Japan. If it's not too personal, can I ask if you're there on work or? I was actually visiting my girlfriend, now ex-girlfriend. People move on and things happen. Yeah. But I, rather than change my plans, I'm highly interested in the Japanese culture. Oh, nice. Me too. Yes. It's another plus thing that the models get to go through is traveling the world because Definitely. they get to go to New York, they get to go to Milan and Paris and London and Asia and Bangkok and Hong Kong and everywhere else. So it's great. They get to learn a lot. So there's a lot of positive, you know, there's a lot of positive in that. And for me, it was, it was great to come here, learn a little bit about the culture, learn a bit about their ways. They're very humble people. I find most of them, mm -hmm. they're very nice people. They're very respectable. I think we've lost that somewhere down the line in the West. I find them more polite. I find them much nicer. They're a very nice, uh, very nice culture. I share the same opinion, definitely. And maybe while you're there now, maybe you're going to find some new connections for the model agency. So that's good. I'm actually scouting for Asian girls here as awesome. well. Yeah, so I've had meetings today. You'd be surprised that actually both meetings that I had, I didn't find any Asians. Whoa. There's a big... In <laughs> yes. <laughs> there are no Asians. So where am I going to find some Asian models? It's a big import market in Japan. I'm in Osaka and it's not a huge market here, but I met with um, two agencies here, very nice people, but they don't have any Asian girls. But I've, I have a couple of meetings in Tokyo on Friday and they do have some Asian girls. But you would expect the Asian board to be a lot bigger than the, their board, but they don't. They have separate boards for the Asians. It's like, they're I don't know, they're different. Rather than on the same board, a lot of the agencies. I'm for one for having, you know, a mix of, it's very difficult to, to find Asian, <laughs> good Asian models in London. So I'm very for diversification. I think we're very behind in the sector on having diversity. 
Um, it is still a predominantly white dominated sector. Yeah. So I push for having a mix of people on my board. Uh, it's still, it's nowhere near where I want it to be. So hence why it's important this trip that I'm here. But I think in Tokyo, there are some very, very, very good Asian models that I've seen on some of the agencies' websites. So I'll hopefully be meeting them on Friday and signing them on Friday. Oh, I hope so. You have my fingers crossed. Though they're truly weird about that, because, for example, if you can think of the um, anniversary issue of Vogue Japan, yeah. they had this big issue. And at the same time, they were so proud that for the very first time, it's all Asian models, because <laughs> usually... They They do prefer white models. I've been to meetings in magazines and I've raised the question, it's like, why is all your covers just white people? <laughs> I'm a white Anglo-Saxon English Lebanese, but I come from Lebanon. So obviously I'm not mixed race. I'm purely white, but I have a mixed nationality. And yeah, it's very late. But now say the editor-chief of Logan in the UK is black now. So mm -hmm. I think there is a push in that direction. But Also, we have to be very careful that we don't push it in the other direction and then be, mm -hmm. become biased against white people. Because I think a lot of people that I, I speak to that are come from an ethnic background are quite angry at that. And we have to be careful not to then alienate the white models. You know, it has to be fair. It has to be equal. Mm -hmm. We are all the same, black, white, Asian, no matter where you're from. We all come from the same place. You know, if you believe in the Bible or in the Quran or whatever you believe in. There's Adam and Eve. It all started there, if, if you believe in the Bible and Quran. And so obviously we're all family. You look around today and the wars that are happening in the world and we're killing each other because, you know, ISIS and Islam and God knows what else. And you know, there's famines in Africa and we don't seem to care. And, and at the end of the day, we, we live on a spinning rock and it's spinning and we're, we're all living on that same rock. It's, it's not like we're going to go somewhere else. You know, maybe they might colonize Mars, but do you really want to go live on Mars? <laughs> so, you know, to treat people, treat your neighbors fairly. We're, we're all equals, no matter what your skin color is, and no matter what your race is or your religion is. And it's going all wrong somewhere down the line. And hopefully in my lifetime, we'll see that change. Mm, I love your thoughts. <laughs> I'm very interested to hear what was the answer of the editor when you asked about the covers. They said the owner of the magazines um, won't, won't go for it. Uh -huh. My mouth dropped when and I'm talking it's a big UK publication. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that the thought process was a lot of people. I just think now people are ticking the boxes. People have awoken to statistics and research that people have done is the world is not white. It's not black. It's not Asian. It's not mixed race. It's not Brazilian. It's not, you know, anything. There's a big proportion of everything from everywhere and we have to take that into consideration i think london is advancing a lot and is changing a lot a lot of the commercial clients are, are taking that into consideration you'll see and you know it started when benetton benetton were, were the, yeah. the key they were the first ones to do that and we're talking what 10 20 years ago they started this but today the sector is catching up now Yeah, they were the first. Remember, their campaigns were amazing, and we never—I was a child when I used to see it, and I, I didn't think of it. But their campaigns always stood out, right? Because of that, that because of that, people together, right? Black, white, Asian, mixed race, whatever it is. And today, people are catching up with it, and I'm glad to see it. Over the past, you know, 10 years that I've been in this business, it, there there has been a big change, and I'll continue to push it. And you know, we should all continue to push it, but being careful that we don't push it too far so it slides the other way. Mm -hmm. My top working girls today are black and, and Asian because there's a gap in the market and people have been pushing white girls. And there's a big supply now of white models rather than a mix. 
True, yeah. But at the same time, people are hungry for this. And I think that's the reason why we are finally seeing it. Yeah. Which is so amazing because we have so much access nowadays. And we know that white is not the only thing that we are able to see. For example, Instagram. You can follow everyone. It depends on what you like and what you dislike. But now at least you have the knowledge which is very important yeah i think i think the internet has opened up the world and is educating the world there's pros and cons to the internet and social oh, media of course yeah today information is accessible to anyone you can go online today and you can pretty much find an answer to whatever you want definitely and maybe right now is a good time to tell something about your instagram account can you please share your instagram account with us my personal one is farid s-a-r-i-d-e haddad and the agency Instagram is london.wild. Awesome. And you guys can find them both in the show notes. You have very structured program on uploading on the Instagram. I talk especially about the wild account. <laughs> Who's doing that for you? Do you have a specific person? Yeah, I mean, we have we have a team that does it. We started at the beginning of the year and, you know, we like to mix some quotes. Initially, we went with a very classic look, which is the black and white look feel, which fell in line with the aesthetics of the branding that we created. A lot of the work went into branding. Obviously, we work in the fashion sector, so branding is an important thing. Mm -hmm. But now we're building a bit of color into it, so you'll gradually see some color coming onto the website, some color coming into the Instagram account, and it's it will gradually change and morph into other things. But yeah, it's quite it's a Picture and a quote, picture and a quote. And people seem to love the quotes more than the pictures. Yeah, which is so weird. Usually <laughs> text is definitely not working for Instagram. And it's exactly the opposite for you. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. People seem to like it. So I'm happy that you've noticed it and people are taking a liking. But I think it's because your quotes are very iconic. They're super bold. Yeah. <laughs> Who's coming up with this? They're cool. They're cool. <laughs> <laughs> But we do it all in-house. We have a team that works on it. And a lot of thought goes into it. And it's, we try to motivate people. We try to get them talking. Obviously, if it's a nice quote, you get a lot of people reposting it and tagging yeah. us and stuff. So it's nice. Okay, so you're motivating people daily. That's obvious for me. So how are you finding your motivation? In all honesty, it's very difficult at times. It's sometimes like looking for a needle in a haystack for some models, you know. The more unique a model is, the more special it is, the harder it is to find work for her. As a fashion agency, editorials don't pay. You know that. I know mm -hmm. that. The girl's editorial, the majority of the work and the requests she gets is for editorial stuff. Lookbooks are, are good as well. But, you know, the, the market in London, I'm talking, is a large proportion is commercial. So it's sometimes very tough to find a lot of girl work. And it's a, a lot of legwork, a lot of calling people, a lot of following up with people. And being a new agency, it's it's very difficult as well because, you know, there are some very good and very well-established agencies in London. You know, we have, I find, some of the best agencies in the, in the world. There are the four or five that are the top ones in London. The standard they've kept is amazing. I look up to them. They're, they're great agencies. 
it's important to keep the standard high, but it's tough in, in our business to keep motivated. It is, it is a hard job and sometimes pays off, but it's a lot of people involved, which is sometimes a problem. There's a chain of events and we are at the end of that chain. So the model agency, photographer or stylist, then it's you know, the production house, it's the production house and it's maybe an ad agency, then it's the end client. And a, a lot of people involved apart from the model, apart from the model of mother agency. So a lot of people chasing, so just I'm constantly being chased by the models for money and I'm going back to that topic is I'm being chased by the model the model is chasing me I then have to chase the client the mother agency is chasing us because they have doors to get paid. So sometimes it's very tough to be motivated in the sector, but I'm kind of in it and in it to win it. So it's a bit too late now. I've kind of dug myself in a hole and I'm going to keep going for it. And I will continue to motivate myself as tough as it can be sometimes. Uh, I think of the good things and we do make a lot of people happy and we are providing for a lot of people and we are helping people. Sometimes I say to myself, well, we're not curing cancer or we're not curing major diseases or anything, but, you know, we are helping people. So I'm, I'm always trying to stay optimistic and look at the brighter side of things in our sector. You know, I'm an environmentalist and I think fashion, I, was, I read again another article, is the second largest polluter in the world after oil. Mm -hmm. I call myself a hypocrite sometimes uh, because I work in the sector. If I cared so much, should I be doing this and should we be doing this? You know, We're part of a marketing chain of mass consumption at the end of the day. We're yeah. selling things to people and people are selling them things to more people and have to take into consideration the effects that this is going to have on our planet and what detriment is going to have in, the, in you know the next 10 20 30 years to come and where everything is going people don't think about you know if you wear a black t-shirt you know cotton is naturally like a cream color the dye the, the, the waste that we're producing every time you buy something and you know we have to become conscious consumers and think about our actions every day and every time you buy something or throw something where that is going have you ever considered stopping your profession because of this? Yes. What did you say to yourself? I went through a tough period recently. I'd lost my father and I'd kind of lost faith in what I was doing and I didn't believe in it anymore. And when I spoke to people, I said, this is what I'm doing and I don't believe in it. A lot of people said, if there aren't people like you in that sector, that sector will never change. If nobody cared, then the, the sector would continue that way. So I think it's important to have people like myself that do think in that way to be able to try and help change people's opinion or at least the, the people around me's opinion on consumption and waste and the way we look at the world and the way we dispose of things and buy things. So if you want to change something, you've got to be there to be able to change it. Exactly. You have to be in the middle of it. Otherwise, mm. you cannot do a thing. I personally believe that. You answered mostly about the agency and the office, but what's your mm. personal motivation? I have a nice job. <laughs> I'm a young man surrounded by beautiful people. Very beautiful people. <laughs> Very beautiful people. And they are beautiful inside and out. Everyone I work with is an amazing person. And that's what keeps me going, is the smile on a model's face when she gets a job, when they're earning money and they're doing well. I think that's what keeps me going. I'm a helper, so it makes me happy to see them happy. <laughs> nice. I want to say a big thank you for this interview. Thank you for having me on the podcast. And um, I wish everybody that's listening all the best. Well, I told you in the beginning, lots of serious topics, but I think it was a great conversation. If you loved it too, you can recommend it to somebody connected to the fashion industry too. And you can also leave us an honest review on iTunes. Thank you very much for being with us today and I'll see you next Wednesday. 